Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, we're going to tell you our top five most overrated restaurants at Walt Disney World. Coming up on this week's episode of the Disney Dining Show. The Disney Dining Show is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Let the experts at Dreams Unlimited help you plan your next Disney vacation. Dreams agents are committed to giving you honest and unbiased advice and helping you plan a magical vacation your family will remember for years. Visit them at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show coming to you from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friend, Denny Sunderley. Hi there. And at the table, that's it. That's but, it. But back on, back on the controls, our associate producer, Corey Fiascanaro. Hey, everybody. So, yeah, small table this week. It's a table for two. That's right. Table for, table for two and a half. Yes, two and a half. The nook is a half. <laughs> um, okay, so we wanted to talk about... We wanted to talk about the most overrated restaurants, in our opinion, or at least in my opinion, and to some degree, not everybody here is going to agree with me on this, but um, this is based on an experience I had recently that will be the last one I mention. Um, but my standard for overrated is people are clamoring to get there. They're so you know focused on making sure they get that ADR to this particular restaurant because they've heard things or, you know, it has this reputation, and then when you get there, you find out it may not be all that you thought it was. And again, these are my opinions, in some cases, the opinions of the other folks here in the room, and my opinion is just as valid as yours, and you may disagree, and that's fine. Um, not telling anybody don't go to these places. Whenever we do a review, we never say, don't go there. Say, just Use this information as, as you do your planning. Keep it in mind and make the decision you think is right for you. More often than not, I'm right and you're wrong, but I, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> but kidding. Who's I'm kidding. All right. Number one, the first one we're going to talk about is one I debated putting on this list until just a moment ago. Um, Ohana. Um, now, we've talked about Ohana before. I'll tell you, Ohana breakfast isn't overrated. Everybody already knows it sucks. Um, but this is about dinner. Yeah. And my experience has always been the food was quite good, but the service could be really dicey. And, you know, we, I, I went off on a rant months ago about people being rushed through their meals, mm-hmm. um, the servers being less than engaging. And so I was on the fence with it. But then, Danny, you told me about an experience you had recently. So yeah. why don't you... Yeah, so so years ago, and even now, Ohana is sometimes the experience that families will schedule for um, for the day that they arrive on property, but aren't necessarily going to use a park ticket to get into a park. So you want a little bit of Disney magic. You go over to the Polynesian, and you go to Ohana, and you can see the castle, and it's amazing. So back in the day, it was. It was amazing. That's how our family, um, we, we did that. It was delicious. And then just um, just recently went there for my birthday. I want to say it was, a, it might have been three years ago, and that was the last time I was there, which is sad. But um 
It was my birthday, and my sister and her family were in town, and my family, uh, kids, hubby, my mom and dad-in-law came. It was a big table. It was a fun celebration. And, and the server from the word go was just not super excited that we were sitting at, at that table. And, um, and it went from there, and it was very rushed um, feeling. It was very rote. There was there was not a lot of surprise or magic to the experience at all. It was just get in, get your food, and, and, get, and out. get out. And that seems to be the mo at Ohana. Yeah. Um, you know, rush it through your meal, disengage mm-hmm. servers, and like I said, I've always had good food there. I've always enjoyed the food there, but more and more as I talk to people, I'm hearing, and this is anecdotal, but. I'm hearing that yeah, the food wasn't really good or my steak was overcooked or there was something wrong with the shrimp or, you know, the chicken was dry. And um, I'm like, okay, you can't have all of these things starting to happen or happening and expect this restaurant to do well in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ohana comes on the list as overrated. Now, this one, this next restaurant is not in Walt Disney World. But I don't call this the Walt Disney World Dining Show. I call it the Disney Dining Show. So I'm going to take a little license here uh, by adding Palo. You can just hear people people's hearts stop. Yes. But I'm putting a caveat. Dream and fantasy. Not magic and wonder. Um, just had a cruise. We just recorded a review of Palo on the Dream. And I've done it many times on the Dream and Fantasy. Did it recently on The Wonder, multiple times actually, last year on The Wonder. And the difference between them is night and day, the quality of food, the ambiance. Service in both cases was outstanding. But they have improved the main dining room food to the point where there isn't quite as much daylight between the main dining room and Palo as there used to be. Used to be there was a big... And I'm not saying... That main dining room is Palo level. Okay? I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that there's not as much daylight between the two as there used to be. So when you go to Palo and you're served an underwhelming meal, which I had a couple of dishes in my last experience that were underwhelming. And they that, that seems to happen when I'm on the dream of the fantasy versus when I'm on the magic of the wonder. Well, and sitting there at the, at the meal, not, I, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but <laughs> sitting there at the meal, you were the first one who said something, who, who, um, who connected the dots between the atmosphere, the aesthetic of the restaurant we were eating in and the food. Um, you're, the, I'm in the middle of writing my Paula Review article right now, and that's where I'm starting. Because if you just look at the aesthetics alone on the magic and wonder, it is this open, beautiful, warm, shared experience between diner and server and and team in the kitchen. And and it's so segmented on the newer ships. And also the and col- stuffy. The co- right, right. The color mm-hmm. scheme. Uh, yep. And it... it, it Reminds me of like an old white guy's club. 
It's, um, yeah. With the dark, you know, the dark maroons and the, yes. the, the you it's know. Baroque. Very, it, very, yeah, very, very Baroque. Baroque. And, um, and it's also, you know, part of that experience on the Magic and the Wonder is it is open. You can mm-hmm. see the kitchen from pretty much wherever you're sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just has this lighter more elegant feel to this, which feels like, I don't, I don't know. And I don't know how much of that aesthetic difference is impacting how I feel about the food. I don't know if you serve me the same dish in Palo on the wonder and Palo on the dream that I'm going to like it on the wonder and not like it on the dream. I can't discount that, but I can tell you that for me, I, and we just booked another three night sailing. On the dream. Good deal came out. I took it. Um, and I could get Remy again. And I absolutely booked Remy. But I'm skipping Good. Paolo. Yeah. There's no need for me to go back. So Paolo gets added to my list. All right. Next one on the list. Chef Mickey's over at the Contemporary. This is another one that everybody now loses their mind. They got to get Chef Mickey's. <clears throat> not only is the food not good. But I don't think the character interaction is that great either. And I've been hearing that more and more, not only just my experience, but experience of people that I'm talking to. And, you know, the reason I even mention any of this stuff is consider other alternatives. Yeah. You know, consider other alternatives. Especially if you're at the Contemporary. Um, The Wave, I know they don't have characters there, but the Wave has an amazing breakfast. I love the breakfast there. And if you want the characters, I mean, I get Garden Grill like two days in advance, three days in advance, all the time. That's a good point. Garden Grill is a phenomenal alternative, as is Tusker House. Um, the best character breakfast on property in my in my book right now is Topolino's Terrace at Disney's Riviera. Really, yes, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. No, we did it. We did it when it opened. Stars. The food get, was amazing. It, the food is great. You get so much interaction with the characters. Yeah, you Just really they're so good. We were there for New Year's brunch. I was there in January as uh, later on in January. It's just so unique. They have different costumes on than you're going to see them in anywhere. And and you totally feel like you get what you've paid well, for. Well, that restaurant, I, I would still consider Topolino's right now a hidden gem. Yeah. yeah. A hidden I, gem. I agree. Um, so good. Next on our list, Be Our Guest. Now, make no mistake. They did, uh, they did improve the, me- the food when they went to the prefix menu. Um, and, but yet, still... I did not feel like I was at a restaurant being served a meal. I f- and this really struck me the last time I was there. I felt like I was at a, a wedding getting served catering food. Um, and for $70, I think it was, yeah. $65, $70. Um, no, 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 no. Um, you know, it's gorgeous. The atmosphere is gorgeous. Uh, the service was very good. I've never had a problem with the service. I just don't think the food is worth the insanity that people go through to eat there. I mean, look, and it's perfectly legit. I don't care about the food. I want to eat in the castle. Okay. It's super cool. I get that. Um, But, Mm. and the only reason Cinderella's Royal Table isn't on this is I haven't eaten there in so long that I really can't tell you how the food is. And I don't want to add something to this if I can't speak to it, at least partially. 
um, from a place of, I mean, it literally has probably been 10 years since I've eaten at Cinderella's Royal Table because there's just something creepy about the old gay guy (laughs) eating at a princess meal. I don't, you know, without kids, you know, so. um, I've only been to Be Our Guest that one time that that me and Haley went with you and we did really enjoy it, but I do agree with the prices being hiked up a little too high for the food that's there. I think if they made it more of a character dining experience and let Beast... And Bell maybe roam around the dining hall a little bit. That would uh, that would make it justified a little bit more, making that experience a little bit more magical for the families there. But yeah, I don't understand why they didn't do that. They have never done that. Yeah, they've never let it be a character meal, even though it's based around a beloved character. And it's not like you see the Beast in like character meals. Uh, He's rare. So he'll come in. He'll wave. He does his little round around the restaurant, and at least at one point you were able to come afterwards or at a certain time and kind of say hi to him. But no, they, they could when you compare it to other experiences, because your vacation dollars are so precious, you've, you've got to look at it comparatively. You've got to go, you know, what's my experience going to be here? Yes, you're getting to eat in an amazingly cool place. But it's also, if you're sitting in the ballroom, it is vast and cavernous and it almost makes you feel like a cafeteria at some points because you have tables all around you and the food is coming and going and at that price point it just doesn't make sense and imagine like you're sitting there eating dinner with your family and like Belle just comes up and she's like oh how's dinner you know I asked the dishes and they really liked it and like just having a little experience with that how much would that boost the value well I think I I think part of the reason that it's a problem is because what characters are you going to have walking around you can't have a character meal with two characters Belle and Beast so, you know, are you going to have somebody? I, I mean, I don't, I've never seen a Lumiere. I've never seen a Cogsworth. <laughs> be, I mean, it would be cool. And they could do like Gaston and like have Gaston. Gaston, being, could, oh. yeah, Gaston could walk around. I, have you guys seen the beast? Like, where is he? I'm looking for him. I'm, I'm here to rescue Ben. Yeah, could be cool. Yeah, yeah. Could be cool. Um, all right. But last but not least, and the inspiration behind doing this show again, uh, was a recent very disappointing meal. I had at a restaurant I have loved. I have loved this restaurant for many years. I've uh, often said at one point prior to my recent experiences at California Grill, I named this the best restaurant on property. That is no longer the case. Uh, Gico over at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Um, I hate to say it, but it's overrated. Um, And I think the, forgive me, but the fault with that lies squarely on the shoulders of the chef. Um, first of all, this menu changes way too often. It changes way too often. Now, you might say, well, Flying Fish changes their menu sometimes daily. Mm, yeah, they do, but they have staple items that never change. They have staple items that are always there. The pork belly is always there. The filet is always there. There are some other dishes always there, but they change the rest of it. That's not what Jico does. In the last couple of years, the filet dish that they do has changed three times. And, you know, you've heard me talk about when Jico first opened, they did the uh, filet on a bed of homemade mac and cheese with a red wine reduction. 
and that when a new chef came in years ago, they took it off the menu. People complained, but because of the complaints, if you even though it wasn't on the menu, if you asked for it, they would make it for you. That has been my experience every single time I have gone to Gico until this one. The server was very sweet, very good server, and had been there for three years. Had no idea what I was talking about. And I tried to explain to her, if you go and say, you want the old mac and cheese, you know, the old filet with mac and cheese, they'll know. She comes out, because Sean ordered the mac and cheese, the filet and mac and cheese that was on the menu. Mm -hmm. And she comes out with two of them. And I'm like, okay, okay. You know, um, and they're using a different red wine reduction on it. Again, you're changing it. They're using different, they're using, they're certainly using a different blend of cheeses. um, And they're using, you know, these big shells uh, instead of the smaller ones. They used to do the small elbow. And it it made a difference. It made a difference. And and I got to tell you, the filet was underwhelming in and of itself. Uh, The shells had no flavor because all you're using is white cheese and you can't blend white cheeses together and get a good flavor profile. You've got to throw some yellow in there. And it just had, I'm like, they made this dish and had no flavor. Now, before this, they went to a filet with a Bobodi mac and cheese. Mm. And that was quite good, actually. But I could still order the old, the old-fashioned one. Well, now apparently they're not even doing that. They took the Bobodi off of there. Um, I don't know what is going on with the chefs in this restaurant. But I have one message. Find three things you do well and leave it on the damn menu. It is ridiculous to come back and look forward. Because people that come back to these restaurants over and over again, they look forward to certain things. And it is disappointing when you look at the menu and you see it's so pared down and changed. Right. Like, oh, it's a whole new menu. And I'm not talking about a few items. We're talking about everything. For the price of it, some people, we had a table of six. Some of them loved their meal. It was awesome. Um, But the inconsistency I've had, and I always order the same dish. I love it. And, but for also this reason, I get to see how consistent the restaurant is. And I have had, it's been so hit and miss with this dish that if you're not consistent, you don't have, you should not be a signature restaurant. No, that should be the standard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I recently got to eat at Chico for the first time with a group of people. So we got to... It was a media event. Yes, yes. And we got to sit in the um, the special private dining room. And it, I ordered the short ribs, um, but it, which was a fine dish. It was kind of on Fred Flintstone's portion size, yeah. though, as well. Which That's a big dish. Which was interesting to kind of sit there and try to game plan that meal, um, eating it. But it... Um, it wasn't what, because I had heard for years um, from you, from others, Corey, I know you love it so much, how amazing it is. And it wasn't the epith- <laughs> the epiphanal moment that I thought maybe it was going to be. Um, and when you look, again, comparatively, when you look across the hall at BOMA, 
And then over at Kadani Village at Sanaa, I just ate at Sanaa for the first time. Oh my God, last amazing, month. right? Amazing. And, consistently and a fraction amazing. of the cost. Yes. So, so good. And and literally, there's a zebra waltzing by the window. Yeah. Like, are, are you kidding me? Yep. So, so when you look at where you're going to spend your vacation dining dollars, it, it just, Jico just, I went, oh, okay. Like, uh, I see it, but I'm not sure that I'm liking everything that I'm seeing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Real quick. So I the last time I went to Jico was three weeks ago, and the last time I went to Jico before that was probably about five weeks ago. Okay. I go to Jico really, really often, and that, that's obviously because I do like it. However, between that five-week period and that three-week period, I three weeks ago I went with my family because they were in town, and I was ranting and raving about Jico like I do, mm-hmm. and we pull out the menu, and I'm like, I know what I order. You know, I get the taste of Africa. I get the filet. And I look at the menu and everything, everything I know is different. Literally not a single item I remember. And I asked, I asked, I was like, hey, what's going on with this? And they were able to make the filet how I do like it. But, um, you know, my mom, my stepdad, they all ordered it just as it was. And I spent about close to 100 bucks a person at that meal at Jico. We went the next day for dinner at the Wave, spent about... 35 bucks a person and everybody's favorite meal was the wave and i spent three times less there so and that's not even signature that's amazing yeah Mm. yeah and that's why i like to put these lists together because there are great alternatives um i was just at the wave fiasco and i were at the wave a couple nights ago and before the moonlight dvc moonlight magic and it was fantastic as it always is um very consistent very consistent It's a meals. family favorite of ours. And kids. I, we I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And especially its proximity to the Magic Kingdom. Um, and the service and the food, phenomenal. And a fraction of what you're going to pay at a place like Jico. Or Be Our Guest. Yep. Or Chef Mickey's. <laughs> or Ohana. Yep. Um, so there you have it. Those are our five most overrated restaurants at Walt Disney World right now. Jico. At Animal Kingdom Lodge, be our guest at the Magic Kingdom, Chef Mickey's at the Contemporary, Palo on the Disney Dream and the Disney Fantasy, and Ohana at the Polynesian. So that will do it for this week's episode of our show. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Disney Dining Show. Have a great week, folks.